Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from Expedition Bigfoot. You're listening to the Paranomaly Zone. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. It does happen. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, Cassius Parius! Hey there, fellow zoners. You have found the Paranomaly Zone, your place for all things paranormal, strange, and mysterious. Your weekly dose of all things paranormal, strange, and mysterious. My name is Patrick Koffenberg, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host with the ghosts, the paranormal poster boy himself, and the owner and purveyor of the ghost balls... Mr. <laughs> Mike Carbnell. Yay. Mike, the owner. <laughs> I do have ghost balls. And purveyor of said ghost balls. Um, <laughs> would, be, would you like me to explain that, or do you care to explain? Um, that, that? I would like to hear your explanation, actually. Talk about my balls that I have. Um, well, they glow. They're... <laughs> They do. They flash as well. They're they're shiny, and um, it, it takes just very little touch to get them going. <laughs> they are. Very, and this is all true. It's all literal in the sense of uh, what my ghost balls are. They are very um, sensitive. It's very sensitive. Yes, um, and they're they're kind of small. <laughs> small. Um, I do not know how they smell, um, and that's probably yeah. a good thing. They have um, kind of a they have kind of a plasticine smell to them, like the like the Ice Age, the Pleistocene, or what? yeah, what? yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if that has the Ice Age, but I know it was some sort of epic or something. But uh, uh, let's see, um, they're mobile. I believe they are mobile. Yeah, yeah, and they and and I actually have fifteen of them, and they are all in their own sack. <laughs> Um, they, they, they are reactionary. <laughs> they are very important for, um, ghost investigating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mike's, Mike's, uh, ghost balls are, uh, and they, and they don't hang out the bottom of my pants. They either. do. Well, they could, <clears throat> they could. Yeah. It depends on if you have like holes in your pockets or, but, uh, yeah. Or put a long string on them and let them hang. <laughs> Anyway, the ghost balls that we are talking about, we have since changed them to ghost spheres. Oh, we have? Oh, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you are correct. Yeah, ghost spheres. That is uh, much yeah. more apropos, I think, because every time you texted that to me, he's like, I got my ghost balls. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon sent me my uh, ghost balls. Yeah, I got exactly. Them today. Well, okay, Mike, so explain to our listeners what 
these ghost balls, sorry, ghost spheres are in reality? Well, they're, they're small, clear plastic uh, spheres uh, that on the inside, they have whatever little electronic uh, get up they need to uh, uh, make lights flash and blink and colors clear, uh, white Damn and it. red, I believe they are. I'm sorry. I've just got a <laughs> terrible vision in my head right now. Oh, my Lord, get it out. Get it out, Lord. Help me. Okay, go ahead, Mike, please. And uh, anyway, I ordered them off of Amazon. I got 15 of them. They are motion sensitive, motion censored. Um, they're small spheres that will light up with the slightest vibration or little touch to them. <laughs> <clears throat> and they are not anatomically correct. Oh, God, I got to get my head out of the gutter. Um, I know. Yes, these are for uh, paranormal purposes. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Solely for we, paranormal investigations. But uh, yeah, Mike, yeah, we Mike uh, went and ordered them and we're pretty excited. Still preparing for the Sally House, yes. And I was thinking we could, uh, you know, put um, put a few of them on some stairs, going upstairs to the Sally's bedroom or um, like on the floor between where we might be in uh, the basement door, something, anywhere, anywhere you want to put them. There's 15 of them. We can just scatter them around. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, that we can, you can use those as like, you know, perhaps like, please maybe use your energy to move some of these. Right. You know, um, yeah. If, you know, yes or no questions, make it flash or, there you go. or not. Um, yeah. And I've bought uh, quite a few extra batteries. I got a good deal on them. Yeah, we'll definitely be um, loading up. So we, we uh, have a lot of batteries. And when I ordered the spheres, I also ordered the parabolic dish. And that we have. Um, that's going to be awesome. That I think you threw out the idea of putting that like towards the basement. Where, you yeah, know, where we, we could listen. We could listen to the whole basement from the top of the stairs. Yes, uh, because we are not allowed to go to the basement. Right. For safety reasons, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. So but, um, that'll be pretty fantastic. But yeah, so it'll be great. And we can record on that and we can also um, use a uh, digital recorder to transfer onto that whatever we, we record also. And we will finally be able to use properly um, the the thermal that uh, yes, we didn't really get the to. thermal. We didn't get to use that at all last time that we, yeah. we met up. Um and then yep. since then, uh, the night vision have, camera will be properly put to use. Yeah, uh, the uh, the the uh, night vision um, camera video or that's what I just said or stills. Oh, did you? Yeah, yes. yeah. That <laughs> was yeah. Yeah. It, Plus, we have our old standby stuff. You know, we got a couple of the uh, EMF meters and the uh, K two K two. Yeah, um, spirit box. Oh, I think God. we're pretty set. I think we're pretty darn set for a freaking awesome night. Mike, it is two Fridays from tonight. We are recording this right now, Friday, October 21st. Not next Friday, the following Friday. It's coming fast. Man, that came fast. And like I, I was all stressed out and nervous yesterday, or was it two days ago? I can't remember. Because everything is just falling on me right now. And everything's yeah. fine and good. We got We got lots of work done on the house. I was kind of... I was excited but anxious about that, and then of course my nerd ass gets called on jury duty, so I'm on I'm on call, starting November, of course, you know. But um, I've already kind of made sure I push that aside, so it's not going. I'm not going to be quote unquote on call until after the 11th of November, so we don't ah, have, good don't have to worry about that. Perfect. But I still don't want to go to 
serve jury duty. God damn it. No. I know. But you're only on call, though. It's not like you're guaranteed. Very true. Very true. Very, very true. Have you ever seen, have you done jury, jury duty, Mike? I have uh, been notified twice about being on jury duty. The first time, I didn't have to go in. I uh, called the night before to make sure that it's still going. I'm going to sneeze. I oh. got a cold, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Mike, <clears throat> Mike's a little under the weather. It. That's fine. But they called. But anyway, um, you called I the did, night before. I did have another one uh, that I was called for that I actually went and sat in uh, on the on the uh, um, the process of choosing who was going to be on the board. Okay. You know, uh, in the jury, and I did not make it through that. So, oh, that's the furthest I've gotten. Before they started their court, I got to leave. <laughs> so I was happy about that. So yeah, they they were able to 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 look to break through your your facade, and they saw the true hateful uh, bigot of a man that you are, and so they didn't uh, choose you, right? Yeah, and they didn't like that I was coming in there swearing and yelling at everybody. So, <laughs> right. and I'm totally kidding, of course. You have to put that disclaimer out there every time you make a joke like that. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah so. Uh, I, I'll be on call, so but I was kind of stressed out about that the other day and other stuff. I've been under uh, under the weather for the last two weeks, and like I mentioned before, Very. before we started recording today, it's like I finally feel like the closest to normal that I have for a while. And man, Mike and I have just felt we felt so bad about not being able to get an episode out, and it's just like, oh yeah. my gosh, we're gonna lose two of our eight listeners. So um, I, I kid, <laughs> I kid. So yeah, well, actually, we're we're down to the one listener. Thank you for still being with us. Yes, and thank you for <laughs> for correcting everything we mispronounce. I appreciate. it. <laughs> no, we have a lot more uh, listeners that I know will not let us down or or just leave us. So, Mike, speaking of that, um, oh, by the way, we have a great freaking topic tonight. Um, we're, we do. We are returning to our the haunting of series. Yeah, we got a good one. We're talking about the haunting of, believe it or not. Vlad the Impaler Man. So um, that's not the Impaler Man, just the Impaler. Yes. Well, he impaled a lot of man. Yeah. <laughs> man. You know, a man that goes by many names, you know, Vlad Dracula, obviously, the son of the dragon, the, the prince of Valachia, Vlad Sepesh. I mean, so many different names for this man. Such a history, um, a mysterious life for sure. Different political ways of Very looking. violent. Very, very violent. I mean, a great hero to his people. That's what I was just going to say too. But also, he's considered quite heroic, you know, in many different ways by uh, his fellow countrymen. Well, how he vanquished his enemies, yeah, extremely. Okay. And but the example that he made out of just about every one of them was uh, what really got his name going. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> yeah, he's been described as um, um, a tyrant, a demented psychopath. I'm reading stuff here. A sadist, a gruesome murderer, a masochist, and worse than Caligula or Nero. So, I mean, Oof. yeah, what a reputation this guy has. But, again, I mean, we're not going to be diving into all the deep historical political yeah. aspects of it. But, um, you know, history has a way of kind of making things a little muddy, a little murky, and it totally depends on how... You are interpreted by those in your in your time. You know you're, that's how you are going to be uh, documented as for the rest of of time. So I hope people who are writing about this podcast say good things because yeah. <laughs> five hundred years from now we don't want to be considered tyrannical podcasters. <laughs> yeah. When I think of Vlad, actually, I I can't help but think of Gary Oldman. 
Oh, awesome movie, man. Yep. Uh, Stoker's Dracula. The performance that that man put out. Oh, it's actually it's phenomenal. 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 You know, the movie itself is, is beautiful and really, really, oh, yeah. really well done. So. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves had a great part he in it that he did quite well. Absolutely, man. I agree. Absolutely. 100%. Maybe someday we'll do a movie review about Bram Stoker's Dracula. There you go. And when I know Rotor, wasn't she in that too? Ryder? When I know Rotor. <laughs> Well, no, no, name Rami. No, no, Ryder. Yes. Right there, you go. That's what I was trying to I say. He, I think he said Rotor at first. Rotor Manini. Wamoma <laughs> <laughs> me. Oh, okay, so, um, but yes, uh, stick with us, please. We're gonna be diving into the into the haunting aspect of the story of Vlad, and that's gonna be pretty darn interesting. Believe it or not, there are alleged cases of the ghost of Mister Impaler. There's got to be. Um, still lurking uh, in somewhere in this realm. Now, where were we? We, we were briefly talking about, oh, the investigation, the uh, Sally House. It's two, mm-hmm. two Fridays from now. And um, then I lost track because I wanted to let everyone know what we're talking about. So what were we going to say? I don't remember. We're on fire. Well, we were talking about the equipment that we have amassed yeah. uh-huh. um, for the... Uh, uh, for this trip and I think that was for any other subsequent trips that we make to other places. Yeah, which we need to do, man. We, <laughs> yes. we need to, you know, make more plans as many as we can conveniently, obviously. Absolutely. Uh, Did you know that the Conjuring House has the same type of a deal like this? Are you serious? I am serious. I looked it up. Um, now, that's Mary Sun even... told me about Mary Sun told me about that, um, and I thought, well. I looked it up, so I did, and um, it's a lot more expensive, and of course, it's a lot further away. I was going to say it's Rhode a lot. Island. It's a lot longer drive. That's yes, sure. and uh, but it's it's much more expensive, and I think from what I read, it sounds like they have a staff member with you all night long. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So there's there's other rules and stuff, but I mean, talk about an awesome place there to spend a night. <laughs> well, you know, again, one thing at a time here, man. We still got to make the nine hour trek down to uh, yes. A Sally House, and uh, yeah. we'll go from there. I, um, I've, I've already um, accepted the fact that we are not going to get any sleep, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah. And depending on what type of action we get or do not get, who knows when the hell we're going to be leaving the Sally House. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we won't be screaming with like you know six 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 etched into our foreheads well, or something like that. I think we need to stay there till the uh, checkout time at nine o'clock a.m. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a pretty early checkout time, that's for sure. But um, man, that's going to be a. Lo- Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My cold, my coughing. Yeah, yeah. but you know, it's going to be exciting. And I keep going back and forth of thinking, you know, we're going to get there and we're going to be brave and we're going to be going all over the place and splitting up and going here and going there and have kind of sit some time out you know with the camera and a recorder by ourselves or and then i go back to god i don't know i think we should like <laughs> kind of rope ourselves together yeah like exactly rope. right yeah. <laughs> not too sure you know yeah. we'll go by feel man we'll definitely go yeah. by feel so. i think it's all gonna be great and i think we're gonna be a lot more brave than what our you know what we think i just can't believe it's it's almost here man it's gonna be here before we know it yeah so yeah. Oh, that, that's what i was gonna say mike be um on your production meeting here Sometime this week or next weekend, we need to do a practice live stream, by the way. Yes, we do. That is extremely important. So, listeners, if you're interested, let us know. Um, contact us. We'll give you the uh, the address to meet us at and stuff. You know, hey, but the easiest way to do it is to sign up for Patreon. And you're bingo, bango, bongo. You are right there 
for the ride to and from and in the Sally House. So that's going to be pretty darn uh, exciting. Looking forward to that one. Cheap, quick plug right there. By the way, I have been adding a crap ton of um, archived episodes to the Patreon page, so they are no longer available anywhere else other than the Patreon page. Going back to 2014, for God's sake, some of these episodes. Sheesh. They're really fun to listen to, but they're also kind of embarrassing at times. Yeah, (laughs) you were just a child back then. I was a baby podcaster, yes. (laughs) Man, I've improved so much, right? Yes. Um, no, but in all sincerity, guys, you can sign up for our Patreon page for as little as a buck. Exclusive content, exclusive episodes. We have 54 of them available, believe it or not. Um, we've just been doing this for not even quite a year, I don't think. Maybe a little over a year. A little, a little over a yeah, year now. Yeah, right around there anyway. Um, well, yeah, well, yeah, about a year and a, a third, I think. I can't, I think we started the last two Mays ago. But, um, man, the content just keeps brewing and brewing. It's been kind of slow this month, again, We've been both under the weather. We haven't really been able to do much, but trust me, that's 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 not going to continue like that. So we have all sorts of exclusive stuff coming up, including the Sally House exclusives. So we'd love to see you guys there, as little as a buck a month, and you're in. Mm-hmm. Did I did I tell you, Patrick, that I'm what I'm planning to do? If it's, I don't think they would mind. Grow a beard. Uh, well, I'm trying. Shave your head. No, actually, shave your back. I'm going to bring like <laughs> some bottles of water with me, you know, to drink on the Sally House. Yeah, very wise. Trip. Yes. And um I am thinking that before we leave, I'm gonna see I'm gonna fill up my empty bottles with Sally House water. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm gonna find somewhere, somehow, um, online or whatever the right kind of little vials that I can fill them up with. There you go. And, and, and put little labels on them, like Sally house water, (laughs) you know? And I think it's okay because I, I wouldn't like sell them or anything. You just want them. You want, but they would be awesome little giveaways. I think to our listeners, this is Sally house. This is two ounces of toilet water from the Sally house. Yes. Don't worry. Don't worry. We flushed. It's clear water. I think that would be interesting. That's kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Let us know if you'd be interested in something like that. Yeah. A a little vial of Sally house water. Oofta. Um, Compliments of Patrick and Mike. Well, solely you, because that was your your brilliant idea. (laughs) Okay. Before Uh, we move on here, I do have a, I got to do this as briefly as I can. Uh, and now I got to find my text message exchange with my brother Joe, uh, sometimes co-host, formerly known as Mister Show. My brother Joe, um, he texted me randomly the other day, and he started ta- talking about another one of these weird, flipping kind of odd paranormal experiences that he's had. There's no other way to describe them other than is this at the school? No, this is another one of his. This is something that he talked about with us on the pod on the podcast episode that you that us three filmed or filmed uh, recorded together the one that you one were that feeling I don't remember good. yes yes so that'll never happen again um well don't say never was pretty well cool. yeah because i don't i don't i don't drink that shit well, anymore he needs to refresh my memory too but um kind of he's had odd moments throughout his life going back to when he was a kid where he hey. has experienced and seen Something that he, the only way he can describe it is like an apparition, but it's not. It's like he's, he says he always, he thinks he's awake. He thinks he was awake. And like this very le- recent experience, 
which was last Sunday or something, he was awake. And it's just, he has these visions. And this last one terrified him to the point that he actually screamed. Um, mm. so did he poop himself? He, I, I did not ask him that. I'm sure okay. he would well, not he probably like a, wouldn't want to divulge that. No, anyway. exactly. But I'll, I'll briefly go through this. He texts me. He says, I had another apparition thingy <laughs> again the other <laughs> night. He goes, remember when Mike, you and I talked about this on the podcast together a while back. This time it felt like I, it felt like I screamed. He said it was crazy. And I said, apparition question mark. He goes, I don't know how to explain it. The first one that I experienced when he was a kid was that Civil War soldier vision that he saw when he was a little kid that was like at the end of his bed and he was, you know, he was conscious of it. And he's had these weird like visions that just pop into his head. They're so strong. But he, the, the, the surroundings are the same. You know, the surroundings are like in the house. They're nothing like weird, nothing like uh, he's blacked out and all he sees is this apparition. He sees this apparition in the surroundings that he is in. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, um, is this something you saw while you were awake? And he says, yeah, it seemed like I was awake. He says that I also had one a couple summers ago with a blacked cloak thing, cloaked thing. And then two ni- just two nights ago, it was a lady with black hair that was so real that it made her made him scream. And he's like, I don't know if it's some sort of a sleep hallucination. He says it's all subjective. I don't know what it is, but it is very, very real, very, very vivid to him. And this last one just happened the other night, and it was just a woman with black hair in his bedroom that just appeared right in front of him, so much so that it made him scream. So these are just random things. It's not something that he's had in his mind at all in the last week before it happened. It's just like... These are just there. Yeah, it's not something that he's been, you know, thinking about or meditating right. on. It's not something that he was influenced by. He didn't see like the uh, Lady in Black movie the day before or something. You know, it's just very, very well, random. It's very interesting that it goes, you know, f- you know, from seeing a Civil War soldier, something that specific, mm-hmm. and when he was a child, to like a, a woman with black hair. And what was the other one that he, he said, said it was a it was a figure, a human figure that was in a black cloak. That cloak. So, like, I'm, ah. I'm thinking, like, shadowy, shadowy type figure. Right, exactly. And I mean, it, it appears to be in a black cloak, you know? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty interesting because it's like, you know, is it uh, is it a sensitivity that he has that he's seeing something that's kind of popping in and out from one side to the other? Or is it something that these are intelligent and they, they are looking for something from him that, he doesn't realize that he can do for them. Maybe he's got some kind of a psychic ability where they're asking for help or something, or they're, they know that he can see them. So they go to him to uh, be acknowledged. I mean, it could be so many different things. Oh, I know. That's a really interesting way of looking at it too. Yeah. I like that one. What I was thinking about, and I think this is what we just discussed when we were talking about on the podcast a, a long time ago. I think we were leaning towards, or at least I was leaning towards, like it was something coming in and out of like that dimension, you know, like he had a vision of something that broke through the, you know, the, we use this a lot, the proverbial veil, you know, something specifically because that first vision was a civil war soldier. Like you said, like it was, maybe there was an imprint of energy that was so strong that something happened on that, you know, plot of land, I guess would have been our farmhouse, you know, back then. Maybe something went down there. Uh, who knows? 
Again, maybe right. it was just the spirit of something that was reaching out to him. It's it, there's any number of things. What do you guys think out there if you're listening? It's yeah. I wish Joe was here so he could describe it better. You know, it's really hard to try and describe it via text message, obviously. Sure. Yeah. So he needs to get on the show and talk about it in detail again. So if he doesn't yeah. mind doing such a thing. Yep. But it's interesting for sure. He wanted to get your two cents on that pretty quick, Mike. So Yeah. It is interesting. Well, Mike, should we dive into this? The haunting of Vlad Sepesh. The Impaler. Sounds like it should be a song title, I think. <laughs> Only sung better than that. Well, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> the Impaler. <laughs> you didn't like that? Damn it. Yeah, some of the names already know Vlad Sepesh, Vlad the Third, Vlad Dracula, the son of the dragon, Prince of Valachia. Um, born in 1431 in Sai. Oh, remember, Mike, how, how it's yes, pronounced? Yes, Sai Sora. Sai Isora, Romania. Um, it's Died kinda, in 1476 it, at age 45 in Bucharest, Romania. Well, well that's, that's the one. The mystery starts right away, even at the time of his death, because it's not necessarily known if it was it was sometime between uh, uh, the, uh, what the hell did you just say? 45 and 47. 1448 sure. through 1477. No, that's when he ruled was 1448 through 1476, and it's not certain which year exactly that he perished. Um, yeah, he was he was killed ever so politely by having his head cut off, by the way. Yeah. So, um, hopefully, mm. maybe, maybe he felt it. Who knows? Interesting side note. When I was very young, I must have been maybe 11-ish, um, you know, the famous portrait you see of Vlad, which... You know, it's got the the hat on with the star on the front and the mustache goes, you know, that long, his cheeks and everything. You know, you, you know sure. what I'm talking about. Sure. I actually drew that when I was about 11 years old. And oh I wish I still God. had it. Oh, really? Because it actually turned out pretty good. No kidding. Yeah, it was just a, you know, pencil drawing. And uh, yeah, I, I liked it. You just I, liked that that image and that's what capt well, captured Well, I've been into, well, I was into that back then. As I am now, Dracula, you know, the whole horror thing. Oh, sure. Horror, so, uh, horror. Make sure yeah. That that's so I clear. just, you know, I really had an interest in Vlad going back that far. Now, you'll have to forgive me here. I, I have my ever so professional notes here. I wrote a shit ton of stuff down. You can hear them right here. We're going all over the place. That's why I was struggling to find the exact years because I couldn't read my own damn writing. I was so. <laughs> I have actually very nice handwriting, but. When I'm taking these notes, I try to th write down as much as I can very, very quickly. And so I write it in only a way that I can understand it. And then later on, even I can't understand it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the three-time ruler of Wallachia between 1448-1476-77. Death by assassination slash beheaded. Uh, he's part of the House of Draculesti. I, I apologize if I'm butchering that. One of the two rival lines of the Valachian rulers of the House of Basarab. The other being the House of the Danesti. Again, the nasty. The nasty. That's right. <laughs> that's what I heard. That's exactly what it is. We're Draculesti. Land of the nasty. <laughs> we are the nasty. nasty. Now, again, there's lots of kind of conflicting portrayals of Vlad, the historical figure. Uh, we briefly right. touched on that. A lot of his reputation was kind of solidified and etched 
uh, well, not in stone, uh, maybe attempted to be etched in, in stone. Parchment in parchment. Yeah. Ink. Was, was um, kind of political propaganda by his yes. uh, enemies, you know. His, right, exactly, yeah. And so just the, the, the reputation of the viciousness, viciousness yes. and uh, the tyrannical nature of this brutal man uh, really started during his lifetime and just continued to grow. I mean, we're still talking about him right now. Uh, for God's right. sakes, and it's oh, it will be. I mean, oh yeah, forever. Yeah, it's not going to end. Yeah, um, he is obviously known for committing acts of genocide. I believe the numbers are up in like eighty thousand people. Who are, uh, I guess, he's credited with killing eighty thousand people. You know, under his orders, I should say. I don't think he <laughs> he he didn't yeah. kill eighty thousand people individually by himself. Um, obviously, a mass murder, a war criminal. But as we briefly mentioned, considered a hero in his home country of Romania. Uh, some of the notes I have written down here, Romanian artists and Romanian histories, many Romanian artists and Romanian historians depict Vlad, Vlad as one of the greatest rulers, you know, emphasizing his fight for Romanian independence, emphasizing his defense of the German and Turkish invasion, you know, uh, Emphasized as a great military leader fighting for Romanian independence, you know, and so on and so forth. And again, those conflicting portrayals of the real man himself. Yeah, and he was up and down a little bit with uh, with uh, with rule and control, but he he'd, he'd lose it and then he'd gain it back, and he'd he'd uh, gained it back after his father had died or lost it or something or other. I mean. It was a it was a long hard struggle and a just battle after battle I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, he was no uh you know sitting on his throne letting everybody else do this stuff either. Yeah, he got his feet wet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. in more ways Extremely. than one, I'm sure. Yeah. Um Vlad's acts of cruelty were depicted, you know, particularly by Romanian Romanian historians as rational acts simply serving national interest um, Vlad influenced the destiny of Romania for the better again this is some of the, the historical portrayals of Vlad um, but he was also portrayed uh, you know essentially a complete 180 when it comes to his um, historical depiction realistic realistically he was a tyrant who punished criminals uh, unnecessarily executed unpatriotic boyars to strengthen the government, Romanian government and central Romanian government, and so on and so forth. We don't want to bore you guys with all the historical and political stuff. But I, I want to emphasize just how murky history is. It really, oh, really yeah. is. Um, I'm not claiming that this was a good man by any means. I am not right. claiming this was a good man. But how much of this, how much of history can you truly trust Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, and I, uh, and I'm a history fan, you know, I'm not, I'm not a buff. I'm not a history buff by any means, but I prefer You're a, you're to, a history freak. Well, sure. Call me that. That's fine. You know, but like, again, it's just, you're just taking other people's words for it. I get it. That's the only way that they could have been documented. But if someone right. is, if someone is, you know, mm, let's just say I don't like you and yeah. I have power. Well, guess what? I'm going to portray you to the masses as an awful, awful person. And you know what? That's how you're going to be remembered because I well, don't a, like you. Right. 
and that's that propaganda thing again yeah you know like during his lifetime and that uh, and the embellishments even after he's died and and or was put to death i mean mm-hmm. you know i think things have uh gone to a certain point over history that now we pretty much settle on on a on a basic uh knowledge of what we know of or have heard of uh vlad but still like you said is it all accurate it's impossible to tell it's impossible to tell i mean a perfect example is like when when uh, vlad was in prison actually and you know his enemies are taking full advantage of this time and he's in prison and they start you know this this reputation of his continues to grow one story one example is story started to leak out i'm doing leaking out in air quotes about when he was in prison he would spare or he would spend his spare time trapping killing and then cutting up the rats in his cell and then gluing them to sticks and he'd sit around in his in his prison cell so would somebody sneak him in glue yeah it's just i mean somebody (laughs) exactly i was i thought the same thing mike i'm like okay a where do you get the glue um b where do you get the sticks (laughs) Uh, you know, uh, where do you get a knife to cut up rats or whatever the hell he's using? You know, maybe you bit him. I don't know what the hell is. It's his vampiric uh, fingernail. <laughs> there, there you go, man. The the, the 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 coke snorting fingernail, right? You know, the, yeah. Those those damn pinky nails that people grow out. You know, if you don't like a particular type of a drug. Well, it's the one that he used to slice his chest open so Nina could have her well, suck it. blood from his flesh and turn. I was begin turning herself. I was being silly. I was. Trying, <laughs> you know, give me a break. My head's still cloudy. Uh, you know, so we might not be as. <laughs> As witty and whimsical and fun as we usually are, boys and girls, give us a break. It's been a Patrick's while. been sick for like well, yeah, it's like like nine years now. <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh, hey, come on, come on! What the hell? That was a shot at me, man. That was a shot. He suffered a traumatic stress in his younger days, and it is never something he's been recovered from. Oh, I did find yes, I did find my note where I wrote down specifically next to two asterisks. That's how important it was. I, yeah, 80,000 murdered at his command, in parentheses, impalement. So, again, that's how mm-hmm. like a lot of the legend, you know, Vlad the Impaler started, because that was his yeah. method of choice, you know. Um, well, yeah, and there is truth to that impalement, I, I believe. I mean, that's a very historical oh, absolutely. account of Vlad. Vlad. Well, there's you also know, he, stories that just get unbelievably vile and grotesque right. about his absolute pleasure at torturing his victims, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's stories I'm paraphrasing here where he actually sat and dined with his future yes. victims, knowing full well that they were all going to be executed. And he sat and hung out with all of them, watching them all be murdered and they're executed, including mothers and their babies. Right. Yep. Um, and it, it, I've also read where he was known to drink their blood, which is another indication of the Dracula. I mean, that's a later date. How can we, I mean, we can't talk about Vlad the Impaler. You know, we can't get to the haunting aspect of this, the supposed haunting of it, without talking about his connection to, again, Mike, vampirism, vampirism, uh, however you choose to pronounce that one. I'm going with vampirism. It just sounds better. Right. And I'm probably wrong. But as you mentioned, Mike, you know, stories like that, particular one and several others, you know, the legend sparked right there, you know, it's, and it's just continued to grow. And grow and grow. I mean, just be honest, Mike. Do you honestly do you think that 
Vlad the Impaler was in any way, shape, or form an actual vampire or someone who practiced vampire uh, acts, I guess. I think, well, he was definitely not a vampire. He was uh, somebody that was uh, um, wicked enough to, you know, have that um, persona that came from then, from from that, from his story. I mean, he 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 was what Bram Stoker uh, um, applied to his character, Dracula. I mean, you know, oh, changing yeah. in a way to where, well, he didn't have things and was biting people's necks or anything or sucking their blood, but but what he did was very evil, violent vampire things. I think it's kind of funny. There's one little... We do have a couple other articles we need to dive into here, particularly the ones about the haunting. But I found... Just now I found this, this uh, interesting article. 16 grisly facts about Vlad the Emperor mm. and his brutal war tactics. <clears throat> so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, as you mentioned, Mike, his father's assass his father's assassination pushed him over the edge. I want to get down to some of these uh, grisly acts. Yeah, according to this, he once impaled twenty thousand people in one day. Says that uh, perhaps the climax, terrible word, of Vlad's penchant for impaling came in fourteen sixty two. After fleeing an Ottoman advance, Vlad left a so-called forest of the impaled in his wake. According to historical accounts, no less than 20,000 prisoners of war had been impaled, their bodies decaying on pikes. But then it says whether or not 20,000 people were actually impaled remains debatable, but Vlad nonetheless built a chilling reputation for his gruesome war acts. Um, Vlad impaled enemies to scare people, and there's a gross depiction of one of the impalements mike i don't know if you can see that one right there um right yeah impaled up the anus through the yep. mouth um yikes in in such a way that where they died very slowly and it was very torturous oh, and, uh, yeah uh gruesome story claims that vlad nailed turbans to the heads mm -hmm. of ottomans um <clears throat> One of the cruelest stories in the vast repertoire of Vlad involves his biggest enemies, the Ottomans. The Sultan had sent a group of his men to meet with Vlad when they were presented to the ruler of Wallachia. They did not remove their turbans. It was nothing personal, they claimed, just a religious custom. Well, Vlad was not pleased. He would declare he would help them keep their turbans secure, and he did so by nailing them to their heads. So they didn't survive very long to oh. suffer with that. Yeah. Unless they were used very short tacks <laughs> and it just hurt very badly. And then he, <laughs> and then he would sprinkle lemon juice on them. <laughs> God damn, he's like, hold still, will you? God dang it. Come on. Oh, or man. actually, you ever seen those, uh, those upholstery tacks where you can hold on like uh, pieces of uh, like a cover on a couch? They're taxed, but they're like, they screw in like the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Oh, that would be torturous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I like I like the added lemon juice effect though. That was uh... well, yeah, because you know it'll heal and you won't feel it. It's just a little tack in your head. He's like, all right, the first the first victim has their turban just bolted to their head with a four inch spike. You know, they say, okay for a little added juice, no pun intended. Bring out the lemons. Wow. And as the one is uh, is there with the uh, turban tacked to his head, and the other one's being prepared to be tacked, <laughs> the one that has been tacked is saying. It's not so bad. <laughs> it's not so bad until they put the lemon juice on it. I know. <laughs> God forbid the lemon, not the lemon juice. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, Vlad was accused of washing his hands, and you guessed it, the blood of his victims. Again, part of the reputation. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, I would hold weight to the idea of Vlad relishing in his uh, building reputation, perhaps. Oh, sure. And by committing such acts as that, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, let the story out that I washed my hands in the yeah. blood of my Well, the, the more, uh, you know, people that fear him, the more power I'm sure he feels he has. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. Um, Vlad's enemies claim that Vlad impaled mothers and babies together. Uh, parts of Transylvania were also vulnerable, vulnerable to Vlad's wrath. He targeted civilians. Not only did he employ scorched right. earth policies and poison village wells, but he also impaled men, women, and according to some, even their children. One account even claimed Vlad impaled babies onto their mother's breasts. Mm. Uh, Vlad once paid six sick people to spread their disease amongst the Ottomans. So yeah, he was he was um if this is to be true, he was an awful, awful person. Obviously. There's no getting get, <laughs> there's no getting around that fact. Right obviously there. and distinctively. Yeah, lemon juice or not, uh, you're not getting away with that one. Yeah. Your buddy. Um but well, they, they had a hard the, time getting lemons back then, so they had to use <laughs> muddy water. That's very true. To cause infection. Uh great musician, muddy water. Um, <laughs> I need to find my my uh my personal list here. Talk amongst yourselves. There it is. But getting back to the vampirism aspect, um, yeah, it's definitely um, obvious. Well, he's obviously known that that um, it is obviously known that Bram Stoker took the family name Dracul, you know, uh, the Draculesti, the House of Draculesti, as a high influence for his legendary story. Um, no doubt about that. And I'm sure that helped spread the legend of Vlad the Impaler as well. Now, I guess I'm ignorant. Was he considered, he has this whole Vlad as a vampire, Vlad, you know, practicing in vampirism, however you want to pronounce it. I'm sorry if I'm butchering it. Has that is that more of a modern legend or is that something that was during his time? You know what I mean, Mike? Do you know anything about The whole about vampire that? thing? Yeah. Well, wouldn't that have, uh, I think that started as, didn't or didn't that start as when Bram Stoker in the 1800s yeah, that's, took him for his story of that's what That's what I was thinking, well, but it, I didn't know if there was any aspect of that legend that was growing while he was still alive. That's why Yeah, I, that's I, a good I, question, actually. I don't know. Um, our listeners are well more informed than us, highly informed, and I'm sure they will let us know. But, you know, people tuning into this podcast know that we love talking about all things paranormal. That's what it is all about. Again, we highly encourage you guys to do a deep dive into the history of Vlad. I mean, we're 40, 
42 minutes into it, we need to get into the haunting of it. Um, yeah, no kidding. Jump on it. Sorry, Mike. God damn it. Back yeah, off. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Well, let's just stick up. We'll go right to, I am reading from ghosthuntinginnewengland.com. And the article is simply called Places Haunted by Vlad the Impaler. Now, Mike, we talk about this a lot. If, just based on what <laughs> what little we know about the history and the, re the life of the real man, why would there be a lingering ghost, a lingering energy of Vlad the Impaler still in this realm? What's the first thing that pops into your mind? Well, pure tech uh, treachery. Pure, uh, um, I mean... Uh, just by evil acts, by uh, um, the impossibility to rest mm. after he may have gotten some kind of a uh, uh, life review, maybe after he was he died. Oh, that's, like, a, boy, great, I, that's boy, a great way to put it. That's a that's, <laughs> Mike. That you're almost referencing like a like like a god almost that, that like a higher power who was yes. who, who well for lack of a better term judges us at the very end. Well, no, at least lets us know how bad we were during our lifetime. And then, like, well, you know, you were you were naughty, 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 so you are, um, yes. you are the, banished at, back to Earth. During the time after our death when we are made to feel everything that we have done to and against other people during our lifetime. Okay, very well said. Very well said. I don't know if that's true or not, but it <laughs> sounds good. Hey, you sounded... Igor, did Mike sound uh, educated on that one? No. Oh. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I think uh, turn around the corner and you you see uh, the ghost of Vlad the Impaler. Obviously, you'd be like, ah! yeah. <laughs> <sighs> <Sorry. laughs> well, it'd be worse though if if you saw the ghost of Vlad the Impaler and you ask him uh, questions like, "Are you Vlad the Impaler?" and all you hear is, <laughs> <laughs> "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> like, Damn it! Uh, that's comical. Um, and you know, <laughs> but. We have to spin it this way too, Mike. There's, there's, there's more than one way to interpret the word haunting. I mean, this man's life was haunting. You know, it, it was haunting and haunted. And I mean, haunted, and that's when we're using the the phrase or the you know the phraseology haunting of in a very negative, you know, downright evil, nefarious way of looking at it. You know, let's dive into some of these ghost stories, though. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? For I am this? ready. I have been since before we started well, recording. I am sorry. We keep rambling. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. I have been sick. My mind is not. I'm focused. still sick. <clears throat> my back hurts. My feet hurts, and my knees hurt, and I can't walk right. And I I can't even eat because my stomach doesn't even feel good. You think I'm happy sitting here talking shit like this? No. <laughs> yes, I'm extremely happy. Uh. Neat. We've missed too many nights, so let's go. <laughs> I know. We're rusty, man. We're rusty. Uh, Sick. <laughs> Mike's falling over now. What the hell? Oh, man alive. Oof. That is good to be back, though, man. It does seem it like is. forever ago. So uh, we'll, we'll get back to our usual routine here. Yep. Tight. Okay. Some of these alleged haunted locations and stories of Mr. Vlad... The Impaler. I'll go Sepish. through Sepish. The most. I'll try. I'll go through this as briefly as I can. 
Uh, the first location, supposedly haunted by the ghost of Vlad the Impaler, is an area where he is said to have been killed. Now, mm. this exact location isn't even known. It is not even known exactly where Vlad was murdered, but it is, set, but it is said to lie within the Boldu Forest just outside of Bucharest. Many people believe that Vlad was beheaded alongside an already very mystical body of water known as the Witch's Pond. Mm. It says here that the Witch's Pond is notorious for being a gathering place for witches. Go figure. And the pond is thought to contain some kind of magical properties and cursed water. According to the legend of this haunting, the pond, which is only five meters in diameter, that's a pretty damn small pond. Jeez. Um, that's a puddle. That's a puddle, exactly. I want to go swimming in there. Um, is said to be their location where, after the 1977 earthquake, many trucks unloaded debris with the aim of stoppering the pond. Within weeks of this, the debris disappeared in the waters of the pond, despite the small pond only having a depth of one and a half meters. Locals say that many times when pregnant women didn't want the child, they would go to the pond, bathe mm. in the pond, and such cursed waters would then rid the woman of their pregnancy. Even more bizarre, the animals in the area avoid the pond, or they avoid the area surrounding the pond. Now, is, could that be something, if that is legit, could that just be some wicked geological factor or something oh, odd sure. is going on there that the animals just sense that we can't? Yep. Um, there, It could be uh, something that uh, has an underground, well, they said it's only like a meter something deep, but yeah, I was going to say maybe it's underground fed by some volcanic something and there's uh, something sulfurous Ooh. in the water. That could uh, either, you know, be a smell for the animals to avoid or something that if a woman bathes in it, you it's, know, could it, cause some damage somewhere, yeah, somehow. A cause the woman to abort. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Um, it is said that the pond is famous for traveling witches to gather each year to, I, I do not know how to pronounce this, to gather each year to S-A-N-Z-I-E-N-E. St. George and St. Andrew to practice their magic rituals. I apologize for not being able to pronounce that one. I don't want to try because I will butcher it. Now, near this eye of water have been observed over time strange phenomena like globular lights. Ooh. Um, you don't pronounce it globular, do you, Mike? Now he's smiling at me. Did I butcher that one too? I just about said to you, do you mean globular? Globular sounds so much better than globular. All right, okay. Yeah. No, we'll go with globular. <laughs> we'll go with globular. Uh, strange phenomena, <laughs> floating globs of, of lights <laughs> or storms that suddenly start apparently out of nowhere. It doesn't matter if there's a major rainstorm or a huge drought. The pond does not change at all. Now, there, it is said that Now, do a, you pronounce that drought or drought? Oh, Christ. Anyway, go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. Do you pronounce your name Mike or Mikay? Depends on what country I'm in. Okay, fine. Um, see, now I lost my train of thought. Okay, now there is a video out there, alleged video. Well, the video isn't alleged, but it supposedly shows, and this is from the mid-90s, by the way, supposedly shows a strange phenomenon in midsummer on an area of some square meters. It snowed, 
Immediately after a woman from the stunt team was terribly amused while trying to put a helmet on the head of a mannequin that portrayed Vlad the Impaler. Really? So she's sitting there and she's joking around. She puts this helmet on this mannequin that supposedly portrays Vlad and also bingo, bango, bongo. Out came the snow. So uh, And then she broke a hip. <laughs> yeah, she slipped on the snow. And, yeah. Um, people have also claimed to see a man walking in the area. Get this. Sometimes without a head. Mm. Mm. Did you know that his head was uh, apparently set, sent to the Sultan in Constantinople as a trophy? Mm. That I did not know. Yeah. How'd you like to get that in the mail? <laughs> uh, honey, uh, <laughs> got something in the mail. I noticed a little red seepage coming out of the bag. Uh, might want to take a look at it. I don't want to wash it a little bit. Oh, it's a head. <laughs> Can we send this back? <laughs> Re- return the sender. Yeah. Uh, return the sender. Ooh. Address or no? Is that oh, like that's as that, far as I go? Oh, is that Barry White doing Elvis? That's <laughs> uh, my cold voice. I know. I hear you. Uh, the next haunted lo- uh, location is Corvin Castle. This is where supposedly the the uh, ghost of Vlad. The lurks. Corbin Castle. Corvin with a V. Corvin, okay. Now, though Corvin looks like a true fairy tale castle, one of the most pristine medieval fortresses remaining in Europe, it also has a brutal history of torture and executions. Vlad himself was imprisoned here for approximately seven years. It is said that he survived, here you go, this is where I got those notes, survived by drinking the blood of rats and was slowly driven to insanity inside his dark cell. Some say that this was a driving factor in his bloodlust. However, the legitimacy of these stories has been questioned. Because as you will learn, if you listen to our, oh, forget it, blah, 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 blah. Since Vlad's death, some say his spirit has returned and become trapped in the dungeon just underneath the Hall of Nights. Though some say this could just be residual energy left from his stay at the Corvin Castle. That would be more of my... That's that's what I would be leaning to. If if there is an energy of any sort, an imprint of any sort of Vlad at this castle where he was supposedly imprisoned, I would think it would be that. Mike, wouldn't you? Like, more of a residual imprint by his yeah. negative oh, presence there. Absolutely. There's... Yeah, that would make complete sense. So is there... I, I, Mike, again, I know we've talked <laughs> about this before on podcasts, on podcast episodes of the, of the past, because it's one of my favorite topics. I love talking about it. I love thinking about it. The idea of an intelligent, responsive ghost of Vladi and Paler not only being in several locations, but also having a residual imprint left by Vlad the Impaler. At yeah. other locations, I mean, you buy into that possibility, do you not? Or is, there, or is that something that you kind of like, eh, you, you kind of lean towards a ghost lurking in one area, if not? You oh, know. no. I mean, uh, Ted Bundy didn't. <laughs> Great we point. Have, Great example. Have, uh, Great example. Yeah, I mean, there's, especially with something with that much negative energy and that much, there's got to be some extreme power to that energy that was put into it over the years that he was doing this that um you know, especially I, I if would he was... be very surprised if there wasn't residual energy all over the place and him himself you know just bopping all over the place there's no reason that it can't happen especially with that kind of 
energy put into all this uh, negativity. Well, especially if, you know, he was going mad at this particular location, you know, if right. he's in prison and he's losing his mind and he's just yeah. diving deeper and deeper into depravity, <laughs> drinking the blood of rats, you know, and yeah, I can definitely see it just a, a dark imprint being left there, you know? Yeah. It's, it's almost like uh, Renfield-esque. Oh, hey, another you know, great example, yeah. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that hurt my chest when I did that. I love that character. How about this question? I love thinking of these random dumb questions, and I love throwing them at you. Is it possible for an intelligent ghost slash haunted energy, whatever you want to call it, spirit, is it possible for a ghost to be aware of a residual imprint that uh, it left while awesome living. Awesome question. Uh, thank you. Mm. Thank you. Wow, that's I've never thought of that before, but uh, that's kind. Of, I, I'm proud of myself for that question. So yeah, you should be, but yeah. uh, don't dwell on it too long. Okay, I'll quit. <laughs> I'm done. We need a new um, podcast host. I'm quitting. I, I've reached my peak. <laughs> I climaxed. <laughs> oh, no, that sounds Jesus. terrible. Good Lord. Oh Boy, I'm not putting out, a, out the nasty stuff no. tonight. You are. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you guys think, our listeners? Do you think that uh, an intelligent energy, mm. is, is it possible for an intelligent energy to be aware of a, of a residual energy slash imprint that it itself left while living on this planet? I think I think it's possible. I think it's. I'd have to say yes, in my opinion. Uh, but it's something to think about and really yeah. kind of can mull it over in your head and just, you know. I like that. It it depends on how much intelligence and how much awareness that entity uh, has or has carried over into death. I mean, I oh, you know sure. there could be levels of awareness. I mean, you know. Uh the next. On this list, I found of alleged hauntings of Vlad the Impaler, the Ponari Forest. I apologize if I'm butchering that one. Uh, known as Ponari, Ponari Fortress. This one is Vlad's actual castle and what many consider to, be, consider to be the probable, the most probable haunted spot that Vlad likes to chill out in. I didn't write it that way. I just put it in that way. Uh, the crumbling Ponari Fortress exists high in the Fagaras mountains is accessible to the few tourists willing to make the harsh trip to visit it by ascending uh, could you do this mike could you ascend 1480 stairs up a steep hill well i tell you what i've already been thinking a lot about the sally house <laughs> yeah. and how many times i'm going to go up to her bedroom <laughs> yeah, there you go man and you uh, go. i think i might just make it up there and do things when i've got to go to the bathroom very true very very true <laughs> There is running water. And I will have you, I will not have you filming me walking up the stairs oh. because it'll be one step at a time, very slow, and with my cane. I thought you were going to say filming <laughs> you go to the bathroom, and I'm like, good oh, no. God. Although that could be a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> no, it's very exclusive. So exclusive, it's not even going to happen. Yeah, ascending <laughs> 1,480 steps up a steep hill. Unlike Braun Castle, which has been heavily marketed to the foreigners as the actual Dracula Castle, Ponari, Ponari Castle actually has true ties to Vlad Sepish. Yet it remains a, r remains a rarely visited attraction due to its remote location. 
accessibility and likely due to its small size and deteriorated state of appearance. Man, I'd love to see this damn place. Oh, yeah. Maybe they can drop us off by helicopter. Maybe they can. <laughs> just dump us off the top right there. All right. <laughs> now, a hot air balloon, we can just, <laughs> just yeah. simmer on down there. Uh, Ponari Forest and its surroundings are said to be insanely haunted. Mm. Legend has it that Vlad spotted this ruined castle and its strategic position, so he claimed it and enslaved his enemies to rebuild it. Many of these workers died in the process. Once the project was completed, legends state that these slaves were then executed by impalement. Go figure. Eventually, the castle came under attack and was seized from Vlad. He famously managed to escape by turning the horseshoes backwards on his horse to fool his enemies. Oh, jeez. Whoa. Whoa. Wait, what? Okay. I don't think Clint Eastwood had even thought of that in <laughs> Fistful of Dollars. <laughs> Jeez. Vlad, Clint. Eh. Maybe, maybe when he's uh, played Rowdy Yates, he may have. But. That is really bizarre. Any horse lovers out there? I didn't know that that was possible. Yeah, is it possible for a horse to walk that way? That is really interesting. Um, mm. I'll have to ask Bridget about that. Bridget is, is got to be hard on the horse. Familiar with horses. Um, now, the most famous alleged ghost story associated with the haunted Panari Castle is related to that of Vlad Sepish's wife. Right. It is told that during the siege upon Panari Forest, which Vlad managed to escape from, his wife was actually left behind. Now, out of fear and desperation, she flung herself from one of the castle's towers off the side of the mountain to the Args, or Argyes River below. Sadly, the option of death seemed more appealing to her than the thought of being captured by invading enemies. Now, annoying, blah, blah, blah. I'm skipping little things here. It says, legend has it that the river ran red with her blood and was nicknamed the Lady's River. Since then, many claim that Vlad's wife continues to roam the ruined Panari Castle. Many have claimed to cite what they believe to be her apparition within the castle as well as near the river, cutting through the valley below. And I can't leave this example alone. Several sightings of the ghosts who were enslaved and killed in order to rebuild the castle have also been rumored to haunt the area. That I definitely believe. You know, oh, sure. Being a slave and just being forced into hard labor and then being executed for everything you did, for your hard work and your toil. I mean, we have a black, dark history, man. We have a yeah, ugly that's... history in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, I can see that as being just... Talk about being you know, doomed forever, yeah. man. Well, that would be months and uh, months of, uh, of building up, um, uh, from the trauma, the energy, yeah. you know, and then the, the final act of being, uh, um, impaled oh. until you die. I mean, that's now, Mike, it's so, so extreme. Another thing that we ta we've talked about several times and, you know, it's an aspect of a lot of these parent of a lot of paranormal programming out there, excuse me, you know, like the, Ghost hunters, their their famous tagline for the first few years was, "Hi, we're ghost hunters, and we're here to help." You know, mm -hmm. you know that's what they always want to do is help either the families or perhaps even those who have passed on. You know, who may be trapped. Is there, Mike, hope if this is true? If there's like these doomed spirits of these, you know, these poor, tortured, slaved souls, can they be helped? Can they be saved? Are, are, are they I, literally yeah. doomed forever? No, I think uh, 
every, every reason that they are trapped there is not, it's not their fault whatsoever. Right. right. I mean, they aren't like uh, imprisoned there. They aren't like uh, sentenced but obviously you know, someone, for eternity there. If they're still there, though, I mean, but, well, but then again, I'm, I'm thinking of time as we know time. Right. Yeah. There's so, no comparison there. There but is no what. Uh, yeah. They, they would have to, uh, um, they would have to have the right help and guidance, and uh, th with all that that went on, I mean, and the way they died, uh, they're just stuck there until they're released. And what that, what process that would be, I don't know. Oh, man, I would just, you know, I would hope to God that those sightings or the people who claim to have seen these that they're seeing. They're seeing residual energies. Right. You know, I don't want that to be a trapped intelligent soul. That's just, yeah. that to me that's that's very, very that's just beyond sad. Yeah, could you imagine trying to communicate with one of those trapped souls if they're intelligent? Oh boy. That would be very moving. I think Yeah, the stuff that you can get over a spirit box or whatever. Oh. I would yeah. I'm a I'm a sensitive person. I think I I, I would probably be moved to tears, you know, if something like that oh, truly yeah. came through, you know. I'm not, yeah. I'm not joking. All silliness aside. I would too. It's like, uh, you know, I've seen things about, you know, like uh, the concentration camps and the energy that's left there yeah. from that trauma. Oh my God. And I've watched videos of, of young kids, school kids touring through these places and they are just besides themselves with emotion. And I know I'd, I'd be the same way. It'd be the same, same kind oh. of, uh, you know, emotional feeling as if you were there with these people that were impaled i mean yeah you know i i don't know i've I had dreams that are like so real about going to one of these like auschwitz and mm. and witnessing things that i didn't even i think i might have said this dream one time or another on the air but um i had, had looked up places like that and found what i found what i had in my dream that I didn't know was actually at these places. Know. Oh wow! And that was amazing, and that was an emotional thing. I would think you know, definitely you, and I think m me as as well. If you know, we were brought to, or we kind of go a little off topic here. If we were able to visit sites like that, I would not be able to not just feel it. Oh yeah, uh, you know, absolutely. Um, it would it would be just almost overwhelming. Yeah, it's there every day every minute of the day you know it's got to be um another alleged haunting mike is that that occurs in the buddha labyrinth now this is a different spelling of buddha it's like short for budapest it's b-u-d-a oh, yeah. budapest b-u-d-a labyrinth another place with alleged ties to vlad vlad's ghost is in budapest hungary because here were a tunnel system known as the Buddha Labyrinth. That's what we're re referencing. Here. Oh, sure. This tunnel system spans underneath a castle and was once used as a prison and torture area. Yippee. It is claimed that Vlad was held prisoner here for a number of years, and there are rumors that his ghost exists within the said labyrinth. So, I mean, again, those are rumors. How many... Actual concrete sightings has have there been, you know, uh, take it, take that one as you will. I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past uh, being, I wouldn't put it past the realm of possibility. That's for sure. I mean, why not? Again, he's held prisoner. He's losing his mind. 
He already has a mind that's apt to go haywire. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. why not imprint itself yet again? I mean, yeah, it's uh, like a, it's like a the whole recipe put together, and every every ingredient is there. Uh, the last example, very brief, is actual the Braun Castle itself, the one that's marketed as Dracula's Castle. Uh, it doesn't have any ties to Vlad, but it is possible that Vlad stopped at Braun Castle for a night or two. But that is only pure speculation, and it wasn't documented. But there have still been claims of still many claims from people who believe this castle be haunted by many ghosts, including that of the supposed real life. Dracula. So again, the last two are kind of like, well, maybe, maybe not, but why not? I, I think there's a ghost, uh, um, Kawate Monday there also. Who? And they, a uh, Kawate Monday. They, they aren't they native to uh, Budapest, but, um, yeah. What? <laughs> Never mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was a bad joke. Okay, that's, that's what I was <laughs> on my part. That's what I was hoping. <laughs> Again, but your damn poker face, I'm just like, okay, what is he is he trying to pull one over me or is he is this something uh, that he's being legit? Until about? I said the word Kawate Monday. Uh, <laughs> Which is an actual animal. What do you but anyway? Uh, well, I think it's about time to wrap it up. We're about up to an hour. You're tired of my bullshit. <laughs> no, I'm not. I am not absolutely <laughs> not. Know. I'm just um, kidding. Well, Mike, final thoughts on the idea, the potential reality of the ghost of Vlad the Impaler, one of the most infamous historical figures yes. ever. Uh, whatever side of the political aisle you choose to believe he to be a part of, that's totally up to you. I think it's safe to say that um, he wasn't a good guy. We'll leave it at that way. Whether or not he's defending his nation, yeah. you don't have to be a freaking tyrant about it. Buddy. Yeah, there's ways to go about it that aren't that. Yeah. And as far as the spirits, ghosts, and the uh, actual ghost and the residuals of Vlad, Vlad, yeah, that's definitely there in plenty of places. And and just think of the energy that we still put into it that keeps this stuff going. I mean, since mm. since the 1800s when uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula came out, and, and, and just think of since then with how many movies, how many vampire figures that are based off of dracula the actual dracula in film and tv and comic books and books and about toys and uh everything you know it's uh, the energy is always being fed oh yeah we're, we're like you said mike perfect example we're feeding it right now yeah oh absolutely you know it's um you know i wanted to try and look up something really quick because i found while i was perusing these other articles. I wanted to see if they had any actual like examples of the vampire legend slash myth being attributed to him back in the day. But uh, maybe that's for another time because I don't want to waste your time. <laughs> right My time now. is not wasted. But um, yeah, what do you guys think out there? We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, the, the man is... Without a doubt, as I mentioned, I'm repeating myself, one of the most important historical figures out there and one of the bloodiest and perhaps most evil to ever roam this beautiful green earth of ours. 
we have a good talk about it. We put out a good show, I think, and uh, with with minimal information. So I think we're doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, minimal, <laughs> minimal information. Uh, three or four delays. Um, man, how many rescheduled uh, attempts? Eight different ways we pronounce things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called V laid, V laid, uh, Impala. Isn't that a car? V laid, the Impala. Oh man, <laughs> the Impala, <laughs> the Impaluator. Uh, well, we hope you guys have enjoyed it and found this fairly entertaining. Uh, we did miss you. We will not take two-week breaks uh, if we yeah, can't we've, help we've it. Been, yeah, we've been suffering back and forth and, uh, you know, at one thing or another. You know, it's like no, nobody is wanting to not be part of the show ever again. <laughs> nobody is wanting, is getting tired of it. No. We have just had issues. <laughs> Oh, and I do. I'll I'll clear, I'll clear this up on the air with you because I think it's 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 cool. I want our listeners to know that we yes. did. Uh, it's not going to happen this year. It's not going to happen in the foreseeable future. But we are on the list of having as a guest. I mentioned to you uh, earlier, Mike. I've been um, meaning to ask about that. Yeah, the uh, writer, film director Eli Roth. Uh, we were looking forward to talking with with him this month, but. I just heard back from the Travel Channel agent. He's like, unfortunately, it's not going to work out this time. His schedule is simply too busy and too hectic right now. Yeah, but well, we how- are we are on the list, and so that's right. pretty darn exciting. You made the list. We made the list. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, and the and the travel agent agent guy reached out and offered yeah, that. Uh, hey, like I've said for a long time, we have a great relationship with the Travel Channel. Yeah. In fact, this Eli Roth. If people are watching the Halloween Travel Channel stuff right now, yeah, there are Eli Roth. Uh, um let's see what was it one about uh the possessed pets and then there's an urban legends one that he's produced on oh he's the halloween I, season this yep, year yeah. he's worked with zach baggins you know yep. several times um not you know known for directing movies such as you know hostile he's a right. ho- horror movie fanatic uh buff yep. and uh can't man, wait to get that rescheduled i think that would be pretty darn awesome so uh not in the in the uh, near future, but perhaps in the foreseeable future. We yes. shall be chatting with with Mr. Eli Roth. Yes. And I have to I, I have to admit when when this travel agent, his name is Luke. I've we, I've dealt with several of them. The latest his name is Luke. And so if you're listening, Luke, thank you very very much. He's not listening, but I just want to say that. <laughs> um, it, it was it uh, a message. I'll make it short and sweet here. I wasn't sure if he was referring to Eli Roth or Zach Bagans, the way that he had written the right. message or the email. I was like, oh. Ooh, I mean, both are awesome. And I was like, shit, maybe Mr. Zach himself? What the hell? And then the next follow-up, it was clarified that it was Eli. And, yeah. Uh, well, but the Travel Channel uh, reps have said that it is duly noted. Duly noted. requested uh, Zach. Well, yeah. I, yep, I, when I contacted them, um, that's, this was just this month either, or as well, about talking to any of the Ghost Adventures crew, and they said, absolutely, said, we will circle back when the opportunities arise, and again, they're super yeah. busy, but um, yeah, keep your yeah. fingers crossed, everybody. It's been a while since we've had an interview, but our last one was a pretty darn big one, Mr. Jeff Meldrum, so. Oh, uh, huge, yeah, yeah, we've, uh, yeah, we gotta get it, get some, uh, throw some people in here. Absolutely, we always will. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Thanks for making this work, Mike. I'll let you go. Absolutely. Um, yeah, without any further ado, what do our awesome listeners need to do my friend the awesome listeners need to peace out as usual